We get it. You're busy. You don't have time to waste on the mainstream media. That's why Salem News Channel is here. We have hosts worth watching, actually discussing the topics that matter. Andrew Wilkow, Dinesh D'Souza, Brandon Tatum, and more. Open debate and free speech you won't find anywhere else. We're not like the other guys. We're Salem News Channel. Watch anytime on any screen for free 24-7 at snc.tv. And on Local Now, Channel 525. Why should you forgive others? Why should we as a church body forgive if somebody, especially if somebody repents and uh, we discipline them and we need to restore them back? Why should we do this? But on a more personal level, why should you forgive? How important is it? These verses were intended to instruct the Corinthians on the importance of forgiveness. And today they offer help to any one of us and all of us who struggle with this. And we all do. If you're not struggling with it today, you'll probably struggle with it very soon. Hello, this is Peter Silseth, and I'd like to thank you for tuning in today. I'm pretty sure all of us have struggled from time to time with forgiving. It's one thing for us to know God wants us to forgive others. It's quite another to actually do it. Welcome to Verse by Verse. We like to think of Verse by Verse as a Bible class of the air. Our instructor is Pastor Teacher Steve Kreloff of Lakeside Community Chapel in Clearwater, Florida. Pastor Steve has been delivering practical, expository messages for more than 26 years at Lakeside. Our class today is the start of a three-part message, the second of two messages giving some of the reasons to forgive, found in 2 Corinthians chapter 2. In the Lord's Prayer, Jesus said some things about forgiveness that if we think about them, they are really disturbing. In fact, some people have misunderstood Jesus' comments about forgiveness and concluded that forgiving other people is necessary for salvation. But here in 2 Corinthians, we read about a church that had refused to forgive. The church, by definition, consists of those who are saved. Now, here is Pastor Steve to explain why it is so important to forgive. Well, I'd like you to open your Bibles to 2 Corinthians. We continue our study of this wonderful letter. And as we read before, you can sort of get the gist, and we started this study last week, that uh, Paul is teaching us about forgiveness. Forgiveness. Sometime back I read the story of Robert Louis Stevenson, the Scottish author. When he lived in the South Seas Islands, He used to gather his wife and children around him daily, actually every morning for family worship. They would gather together and they would read the word and pray together and so forth. At the close of these gatherings, they would always do the same thing. They would always repeat the Lord's Prayer. But one morning in the middle of the Lord's Prayer, Stevenson stopped, got up, walked out of the room. His wife followed him out thinking that he was ill that day. But when she asked him, is there anything wrong? He said, I'm not fit to pray the Lord's Prayer today. Not fit to pray the Lord's Prayer today. Why did he say that? The reason he felt like that was because of some very strong words that Jesus had said at the ends of the Lord's Prayer. In order to clarify about the issue of forgiveness, listen to this. After instructing his disciples to pray to the Father for the forgiveness of their daily sins, talking about cleansing now for believers, Jesus said this, 
For if you forgive others for their transgressions, your heavenly Father will also forgive you. So he's talking about a believer already. If we forgive others, God will forgive us on a daily cleansing basis. But if you do not forgive others, then your Father will not forgive your transgressions. Those are strong words. And Robert Louis Stevenson was having a problem with forgiving somebody. And he realized that because he would not forgive, God would not forgive him. So he might as well not even pray for that. And that's why he stopped in the middle of that prayer. He knew that he wasn't fit to pray until he repented of his attitude of unforgiveness. But you know what? Robert Louis Stevenson was not the only one to ever struggle in this issue of forgiveness. Nearly every Christian at one time or another struggles and battles over forgiving someone who either did something to them that hurt them or said something that hurt them or neglected them and it deeply hurt them. Some of you may be struggling with forgiving somebody even today. You may be going through that that battle. And that's why it's so important that we understand Paul's teaching in 2 Corinthians chapter 2. Now, in our study last week of this passage, we discovered that there was an entire congregation, an entire church that refused to forgive somebody. Usually, it's not an entire church, but in this case, there was. The Corinthians refused to forgive someone who had brought great sorrow to the church. We know this from verse 5. Paul says, but if any has caused sorrow, he has caused sorrow not to me, but in some degree, in order not to say too much, to all of you. So this was a man who caused sorrow to the church. Now, what type of of sorrow had he caused the church? Well, according to verse 6, this individual's sin was so grievous that the church administered discipline upon him, church discipline, excommunication. Because Paul writes in verse 6, sufficient for such a one is this punishment which was inflicted by the majority. So the church actually put him out of the church, put him out of the membership, put him out of the fellowship in the sense of shunning him. Now, what was the problem? You know, Paul, as we said last week, does not go into any of the details of this situation in 2 Corinthians uh, chapter 2. But he does mention in his first letter about a disciplinary situation. 1 Corinthians chapter 5, verses 1 and 2 tell us about a man who was having an incestuous relationship with his stepmother. Paul said it was so hideous that not even the unbelieving pagan Gentile community would, did anything like this. And he said, you you haven't mourned over it. You've been proud because of your tolerance, your progressive, open thinking. He said, you ought to put the man outside of the, the church fellowship. So when we put this together, it seems to me the most plausible interpretation of the situation that Paul was writing about in 2 Corinthians is that this church did obey Paul. They did shun him. They disciplined this man. They put him out of the fellowship of the church. But somewhere between the writing of 1 Corinthians and 2 Corinthians, this man had repented of his sin. He stopped his sin because repentance, understand, is not just saying, I'm sorry, or even that I have sorrow for my sin. Repentance is a turning from sin. There are many times people say, well, I'm really sorry. But what they really mean is that I'm sorry I got caught. 
Repentance is putting some fruit of changed behavior to your change of mind and your forsaking of sin. So this man apparently truly repented, but this church did not forgive him. They did not welcome him back. They did not restore him to fellowship. And Paul's purpose in writing them in, in this passage in 2 Corinthians is not only to instruct them about forgiveness and restoration, but to motivate them, to move them, to restore him to the church's fellowship. But here's a question that every student of the Bible needs to ask. We've been studying about forgiveness, and we know this passage is about reasons to forgive other people. But how does this passage fit into the over, overall flow and progression of thought in 2 Corinthians? Here's what makes Bible study exciting. When you understand where uh, the writer is coming from and, and why he inserted this here, keep in mind that Paul opened chapter 2 of this letter by explaining that he had stayed away from visiting the Corinthians because he wanted to give them time to repent. Remember chapter 2, verse 1, but I determined this, he said, for my own sake, that I would not come to you in sorrow again. Now remember, in chapter 1, he dealt with the question of his integrity. He said that he would come and visit the Corinthians, not once but twice, he said, on my way to Macedonia and out of Macedonia, but he hadn't visited them. So some false apostles who had infiltrated the church told the Corinthians, Paul doesn't care about you. He doesn't even keep his word. He's fickle. He's insincere. He's untrustworthy. So in chapter 1, Paul defends his faithfulness, his, his trustworthiness, that you can depend on his word. But in chapter 2, he explains why he stayed away. And this verse tells us that the reason he stayed away from them is not because he couldn't keep his word, but because they had not repented of sin that he had confronted them on. He had written 1 Corinthians to them about many sins that they needed to, to repent over. And now in verse 1, he's saying, I didn't want to come to you. I, I refuse to come to you until those issues are cleared up. I'm giving you time to repent. I'm giving you time to get your house in order. I don't want to come to you in sorrow again. I don't want my visit to be painful. I want it to be joyous. He says in chapter 2, verse 3, this is the very thing I wrote to you so that when I came, I would not have sorrow from those who ought to make me rejoice. When I come to you, I want it to be a joyful time. In verse 4, he says, for out of much affliction and anguish of heart, I wrote to you with many tears. So Paul is, Paul is simply saying, that's why I stayed away, because I care about you. I don't want to come and lord it over you and have to rebuke you and discipline you. I want our time to be a time of restoration and fellowship. Now watch this. What he does is to drive home this truth about forgiveness and restoration of fellowship. Paul uses the example of this Corinthian man who had repented, uh, but was just being deprived of forgiveness, deprived of fellowship, deprived of restoration. And Paul takes this man's sad situation and he he uses this to illustrate what it actually means to be restored to one another. He's using this to instruct the Corinthians on the importance of forgiving this man by letting them know that this is the way it'll be with us when I'm with you, that restoration. But while I'm telling you about restoration of ourselves, let me tell you that there is an issue you need to correct in your church. And that's why he launches into this. And the way he does this is to, to teach us about forgiveness is to give two reasons why we should forgive other people. Why should you forgive others? Why should we as a church body forgive if somebody, especially if somebody repents 
and uh, we've disciplined them and we need to restore them back. Why should we do this? But on a more personal level, why should you forgive? How important is it? These verses were intended to instruct the Corinthians on the importance of forgiveness. And today they offer help to any one of us and all of us who struggle with this, and we all do. If you're not struggling with it today, you'll probably struggle with it very soon. We will get right back to our study on forgiveness. We would like to pause a moment to welcome those of you who might have just tuned in. We're glad to have you here for Verse by Verse, a radio Bible class of the air. Our teacher is Pastor Steve Kreloff of Lakeside Community Chapel in Clearwater, Florida. If you missed the start of class, keep listening, and when Pastor Steve is finished teaching, I'll tell you how you can hear this class again and even go back and catch any previous classes you might have missed. Our text for this series of lessons is 2 Corinthians chapter 2. But turn now, if you have your Bible, to Ephesians chapter 4, and let's get ready for the class to resume. I found that when I preach on a subject, usually I have to battle that subject right after it. So you may have this as well. We're going to see this morning some two really solid biblical reasons as to why you should forgive other people. Last week we began to look at the first one, and this week we'll quickly review that, and then we'll deal with the second one. But before we do that, I want to look at, uh, at really a very important issue that needs to be clarified when you're talking about uh, forgiveness and repentance and all of that. And it, it came to my attention last week, some folks had a question about this, so let me address it. We should all understand that every Christian is commanded to forgive others unconditionally. Absolute, unconditional forgiveness, regardless of whether the other person repents or not. You don't wait for them to repent to forgive them. That ought to be done in your heart. Ephesians chapter 4, we looked at this last week, but let me remind you. Ephesians chapter 4, verse 31 and 32. Let's look at this. Paul says, Let all bitterness and wrath and anger clamor, slander, be put away from you along with all malice. Be kind to one another, tenderhearted, forgiving each other, just as God in Christ also has forgiven you. Now Paul's point here is to say that just as God has forgiven you magnanimously, unconditionally, you need to forgive other people that way. You need to Look at others who have sinned against you and you need to unconditionally forgive them. He said basically the same thing in chapter 3 of Colossians, verses 12 and 13. He said, So as those who have been chosen of God, holy and beloved, put on a heart of compassion, kindness, humility, gentleness, patience, bearing with one another and forgiving each other, whoever has a complaint against anyone, just as the Lord forgave you, so also should you. As Jesus has forgiven you, you need to forgive others. That's unconditional. 1 Peter 4.8. I'd like you to turn to 1 Peter 4.8. This is very important. Every Christian should know 1 Peter 4.8 and should have it actually memorized. 1 Peter 4.8 says this. Above all, keep fervent in your love for one another. Why and how? Because love covers a multitude of sins. Do you understand what he's saying? The thought here is that love puts a blanket on somebody else's sin. It recognizes it, but it, refuse, it refuses to keep it exposed. It covers it up. It, it puts a blanket over it, and then it moves on. This is extremely important with a husband and wife because 
With husbands and wives, there are things that they do every day that irritate each other. If you think you have to go through the steps of Matthew 18 and confront your spouse every time, that's pretty much all you'll be doing. Love just covers the multitude of sins and moves on. That's it. Doesn't even have to bring it up. Now, there does need to be in, in a husband and wife relationship communication. And when there are things that are really irritating, you've got to talk about it. But there just are a lot of unspoken things that couples do that you just forget about it. You move on or else all you'd be doing is discussing those things. And that's, that's not a healthy relationship. So most of the times we are faced with just petty offenses that people do to us. Petty stuff. They didn't say hi to us in the hallway. They didn't shake our hands. They didn't include us on something. They said something maybe a little harsh. They weren't that kind. You just, that's petty. That's little stuff. You cover it. You move on. But there are some offenses that are not petty. They are grievous and they break our fellowship. And you can't seem to get over them. And, and the warmth of your relationship with that person is, is gone. That person then needs to be confronted. They need to be confronted and called to repentance. And when this happens, the issue now goes beyond forgiveness. You, you still need to forgive them in your heart, but now the fellowship has been broken. You need to have it restored. So what do you need to do? You need to confront them. You need to call them to repentance. And if they repent, there's restoration. If they repent, there's restoration. Forgiveness is still unconditional, but the restoration part, is, and I'm talking about fellowship now, is dependent upon repentance. This is what Jesus was talking about. Matthew chapter uh, 18 in verse 15. This is the part husbands and wives don't have to do on a normal daily basis unless there is a grievous sin. But in verse 15, Jesus said, if your brother sins, go and show him his fault in private. If he listens to you, you have won your brother. What did Jesus mean by that? You've won your brother to what? He's not talking about winning him to salvation. He's already your brother. This is talking about in the church. You've won your brother back to what? Back to your fellowship. That's what he's referring to. The fellowship's been broken. You've won him back into the warmth of that relationship. See, you cannot have fellowship with another Christian unless there is repentance over some grievous sin that they have committed. So I want you to keep in mind that you should always and must always forgive regardless of the offense. But if it has broken the warmth of your relationship, if things are not right between you and another Christian, then you need to confront them in love. You need to go and, and bring it to their attention that something is wrong between you. And here's what you've done. You still forgive regardless of their response. But if they repent, there's the warmth of fellowship back. If they don't repent, then you just take the steps further in Matthew chapter 18. Now, the situation with this incestuous man at Corinth was that the church had disciplined him, but he had repented, and yet they still refused to, re to forgive him and restore him to fellowship. And so Paul tells them, as he launches into this, he presents two reasons why they must forgive. These are the very reasons why we must forgive. Reason number one, to prevent excessive sorrow on the part of a repentant man to prevent excessive sorrow. Verse 7 says this, so that on the contrary, you should for rather forgive and comfort him. Otherwise, such a one might be overwhelmed by excessive sorrow. By refusing to forgive this man, they put him in the position of being driven to despair. 
driven to sorrow because he could never do anything to get right with them. There was nothing he could do. He's, he was drowning in sorrow. We told you last week this word uh, for excessive sorrow means to be overwhelmed by it, to be, to, to, to be uh, drowned in it. Excess, to, to, to be so overwhelmed that it drives you to despair. Now, let me illustrate it this way. Imagine how bad you feel when you sin against God. A believer always feels bad that they've sinned against God, not because they got caught, not because they got in trouble, but just because they have offended their loving Heavenly Father. And they feel horrible about it. You know you did wrong, you know you feel terrible, but you confess your sin. And you know 1 John 1, 9, if we confess our sins, he's faithful and just to forgive us and to cleanse us of all unrighteousness. And you know, whether you feel like it or not, that God has forgiven you. But what if he didn't forgive you? What if there was no way back into his fellowship? What if for the rest of your life you knew that, yes, when I die, I'll go to be with the Lord in heaven, but there, once you broke your fellowship, there was never going to be any intimacy now? Think about the sorrow. Think about the despair. Think about that. You would be overwhelmed with grief and with absolute despair and sorrow because there was never any way back into the warmth of God's intimacy. Now think about how this Corinthian man felt. Felt horrible about his sin. He had put a stop to it, but God's people, the, one who, the ones who represented the Lord to him, the only Christians that he uh, knows, the only Christians in a city of thousands upon thousands in Corinth, they wouldn't forgive him. This is all he knows about God. They've taught him everything. They wouldn't forgive him. Now he's thrust out of their fellowship. And he's not only saddened, but he is excessively sad. He's overwhelmed by it. He's in danger of being destroyed spiritually because there is no hope for him. So Paul says, forgive this man and reinstate him to your fellowship. And I say to you, if on a personal level you have not forgiven someone, especially someone who has repented of their sin, then you need to stop it. You need to stop it today because you are driving that person away from Christ and away from God's people. You need to go to them today, make sure they know that you are forgiven, comfort them, make them know that you are they are restored to fellowship with you, that you're so sorry for what you've done to them, that everything is right between you. So, the first reason we should forgive others is to prevent them from excessive sorrow. The Apostle Paul is about to move on to a second reason why we must forgive people. But our time is starting to run short, so Pastor Steve will get into that second reason when we return with the next verse-by-verse. Actually, if you think back to Pastor Steve's first message on this subject, there was a reason he didn't repeat today. We must forgive because God told us to. That's all the reason we should need. But Paul explained that if we don't forgive, especially someone who has repented, we may drive them to excessive sorrow. But that person isn't the only one negatively affected by a refusal to forgive. And that's what we'll be learning about next time on Verse by Verse. Pastor teacher Steve Kreloff has been serving for more than 26 years at Lakeside Community Chapel in Clearwater, Florida. Verse by Verse Ministries makes his expository or verse by verse messages available to the listeners of this fine radio station. If these programs are a blessing to you, please let the staff of this station know about it. It will be a great encouragement to them. 
Verse by Verse Ministries is a faith ministry made possible by the gifts and prayers of listeners like you who have first been faithful to their own church. Today's class was part one of a three-part message. To hear the entire message at once, you can order an audio CD or a cassette tape. To do so, please call us at 727-441-1714. Leave your name and a number, and we will return your call during weekday office hours. That number again, 727-441-1714. If, like me, you get more out of a program by hearing it twice, visit our website, versebyverseradio.org. You can listen online or download the MP3 file for later. You can go to the archives page to locate previous classes, and you might even want to sign up for our free podcasting service to make sure that you don't miss any future classes. We also offer a complimentary newsletter. That web address again is versebyverseradio.org. We live in a vengeful society. When someone hurts us, Satan urges us to seek revenge. He doesn't really need to do that because we already have that tendency anyway. Our movies and newspapers are full of stories of revenge. We encourage you to tune in for our next Verse by Verse to learn yet another reason why it is so vitally important to forgive. I hope to see you then. We are here to give you strength between.